Praise God. Well, these are good days to live in, aren't they? Exciting days. And sometimes frightening, I have to admit, because of all the things that's going on in our land. And, uh, you know, the truth is the enemy is is, uh, active. You know, I read earlier, and you've read it too, God's not the author of confusion or disorder. So the confusion and the division and the divisiveness that we see in our country, it's not from God, is it? So if it's not from God, where could it be from? That's right. There's a devil. He's working. He's working to separate. Our country now, I, pro- I would guess at least, is probably more divided uh, than it ever has been, in, at least in modern history. But there is one thing that we in the U.S. are in agreement on. This is about 80% of Americans uh, polled. We're all in agreement that we are divided. And 90% believe that it's a serious problem. And it is a serious problem. Some of you, as well as me and and close friends and families, uh, whether it's because of the virus or the racial issue or politics, there's been an increased tension. That's been my experience in these last few months. Not just mine. I've talked to a lot of people. and uh, There is. Well, I don't think it's just natural. I think it's a supernatural thing. And if it is, then we can fight it. We can fight it. A virus is an unseen enemy, but so is the devil. And we have authority to resist him. And one of the ways that we can do that is by, as the word says, endeavoring to do our part to keep the unity of the spirit, particularly among the body of Christ. So Ephesians 4 tells us that. Let's begin there. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, um, and we could talk about that for a long, long time more, but I just really felt urgency, an urgency to, to talk to you this morning about unity. Because there's power. In the book of Acts, we see, we're studying it on Wednesday night, we see consistently, it was repeated, that they were in one accord. They were united. That didn't mean they all had the same opinions. It didn't mean they had the same anything. It just meant they were united in following Jesus and wanting whatever God had for them. So Jesus, it's not uniformity. That's right. Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. And and they were united in that. And they waited until the Spirit of God came. And in other things, and and of course, uh, in chapter 6, I believe it is, uh, there was a problem. There was some division uh, because the Greek-speaking Jewish widows were being neglected in the daily distribution, so they had to deal with that issue, but they did. And the Holy Spirit led them. And then the Bible says that the Word of God increased. And there was more and more disciples made because the Spirit of God was working, even though no doubt that could have been a point of contention. Anything can be a point of contention. Do you, do you realize that? I mean, think about churches and the things that have been divided over. Wow. Church history tells us about some of those sayings. Just nonsense. And so, well, chapter 4, verse 1, let me read here. Verse 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness or humility, humbleness of mind, and gentleness 
with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. I, I like New Living on that. It says, making allowance for each other's faults because of love. Praise God. <clears throat> we can make allowance for each other's faults because we've all got them. And then it says in verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you're called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in us all. Amen. There's one God, there's one Spirit, there's one faith. That one God, His goal, one of the things that's highly vital, important to Him, is that you and I and the church be united, that we stay, and that we endeavor to keep that unity. Because God knows the power of unity. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put how many? Ten thousand. Whoa. Jesus said, if two of you, just two of you agree about anything they ask, it would be done. That doesn't mean that we can't pray individually and, and get God's answer, get an answer for prayer. Sure we can. But Jesus was clearly saying, when two of you get together, in fact, he said that in that passage, if two or more are gathered together in mind, I'm right there in the middle of them. So when we get even just two people in agreement, man, nothing's impossible. He said, God said he'll do whatever we ask him to do. You know, certainly within the will of God, within the word of God. So the Lord knows the power of unity. He knows the power of the unity in, in, in a church and in the churches of our nation or any other nation. Because we're pretty divided in, in church. You know, even the body of Christ is divided. We get united and we can see some things happen. You know, I look at the, the, the news and I've had to kind of cut some of that out. Because honestly, I, I just get really upset. I get angry and I get fearful. And none of that's God, right? It is the devil. And uh, not saying that I'm the devil, but I'm... <laughs> okay, yeah, just checking this. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I think, what is going to become of our nation? And Pat and I were talking, I think both of us agree, we're really sort of in kind of a civil war in a sense. That's scary. That's not the will of God. <clears throat> so what are we going to do about it? Is there anything we can as believers do about it? You bet. We can pray. We can intercede. And we can, if we're united in pursuing God, man, that is an awesome, powerful force to, to dispel the works of the enemy. Now, I don't know what's going to become of our nation. I know God, you know, God has blessed us. And I pray he'll continue to do so. And I know he will. But you and I, listen, we are the light of the world. Okay, because we are the body of Christ in America. We are his body. We're his members, his hands, his voices, his feet. We're his, his message to this world. So we got to be united. We got to stay united. <clears throat> well, verse 3 says, endeavor. Endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. That word endeavor means to exert oneself. Uh, <clears throat> In other words, we've got to, there's, there's some exertion. Uh, make every effort, one translation says. In other words, you know, if, if we just, just kick back 
and we just let things go as they, as they go, just kind of whatever it happens in the church or family, whatever, and we don't do our part, then there's not going to be unity. There's going to be disorder. We have to exert ourselves. It's going to take some work, take some effort. It takes some diligence. It takes some sacrifice. It, it takes some the, a decision, basically, to say, hey, I want to walk in unity in my home and in my church in work, and I'm going to do my part to keep it. I'm going to do my part. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 13, I believe it is. I love Paul because he's, uh, you know, he, he, he's pretty practical. Chapter 12, I'm sorry, in verse 16. <clears throat> 12, 16, listen to this. Paul said, be of the same mind toward one another, and do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Amen. What y'all saying amen about? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good truth there, isn't it? We know our opinion. I like the New Living. It says, don't think you know it all. You know, I want you to notice when he said that, he didn't say don't have an opinion. He said, just don't be wise in it. Conceited. That's good, yeah. Don't be conceited. And, and like I say, we've all got opinions. And then he went on down. He says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. I like this next part. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with, with all men. If it's possible. It's up to us. Yeah. And, you know, the truth is sometimes it's not possible to live in unity and harmony with some folks. And it doesn't mean that, that we have to be, um, that we have to reject people. And let me, let me just name, name one particular issue. And I debate, I said, Lord, should I say this? I don't think we need to hide this. <clears throat> the, the, the movement, uh, a recent movement, it's just a few years old, Black Lives Matter. Uh, all of us would agree we better that black lives matter. They matter to God. And I think we can also say we still have some racial issues in our nation. And that's sad. We shouldn't. And Jesus can fix that. I don't know any of that. You can't legislate that. You, you can't enforce that. You can't demand it, for, you know, control somebody and change their hearts to be not racist. Jesus is the only one who can do that. But BLM is not a godly organization. And I hope every one of them is watching. And I'd say, we love you. Jesus loves you. The, the, you. Go on their website. You read that. And you say, I can't, walk with, I can't walk with you. We love you. We care about you. But it's just an ungodly organization. It, it just is. And uh, I, I'd debate somewhat. I'd just say, well, it begins with they're very much aligned with LGBTQ. I mean, that's, they, they say that. Well, we, we love LGBTQ and every other person and every other problem that people has. Sure, we love them and we care about them, but we call them to repentance. We say, we love you and I'm sorry whatever happened to you. Think about Kevin. Kevin, uh, you know, and, and Samantha. Uh, some of y'all don't know him, but he's it's a ministry couple and he was abused by girls. He was abused by boys and horrible things. Began to cross the dress and, and sold himself as a prostitute. Uh, but Jesus saved him and set him free. Amen. If God loved him, 
if God, if God loved him, would he have left him in that state of brokenness and bondage? No. He loves us, and we need to love people enough to say, I'll accept you. I don't care who you are and what you have, because we all have faults. We all have sins. But we also we have a message to preach, and that's Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the Deliverer. And He will deliver a person from any kind of sexual bondage or any kind of mental, emotional, or anything else. He wants to set people free. All right. So, we, we, you know, we can be kind and nice. We, we're, we're never aggressive towards people. But sometimes you just, it's as much, if it's possible. Well, sometimes it just ain't possible. You, you know, I, I mean, that's what he said there. But he said, as much as depends on you. So, I have a choice. If I reject people because of their sin, if I reject people because of their race, if I reject people because of whatever else, then that I have withdrawn from them. And if I reject people because of their position or opinion, then it's the same thing. And see, the, the issue of, of the, the, the virus as well as the racial issue, like I said, those things we all have strong opinions about. There's those that are on far one side. Say, you know, I think this virus, oh, maybe there's something out there. I was talking to somebody just yesterday. Yeah, there's something there. But I think mostly it's just, it's just political. It's just an effort to get Trump out, you know, or something like that. Then there's others far on the other side. They said, if you, if, if you don't wear a mask, then you're killing people. We ought to arrest you, throw you in jail or something. That's just exaggerate a little bit. Okay? You got people, both opinions, right? Extremes. You know, I was talking to one of my kids just uh, well, just yesterday, and we were talking, and you know, we had to, we got a little intense because we disagree on some of these things, this, these issues, and you know, I, I thinking about this scripture: "Do not be wise in your own opinion." Do I want my opinion to to be so strong that it separates me from people that I love? Let me ask, does it really, really matter? Yeah, I mean, does it really matter? I, I, I mean, I understand, you know, our city, Oklahoma City at least, has mandated masks in public places. Now, you know, so that's why I wore one. I don't particularly want to wear it, don't like it, you know, it's hard to breathe and so on, but I'm going to do it. Because they said to do it, not only that, we as a board decided we, we need to do it because of the increased number of cases. Okay, now let's say it's all just a farce. Let's say that there is no such thing. It's just simply the flu, and that's, that's totally it. Okay? Well, so now what? If you think back, you think, boy, you know, you know me and so-and-so are arguing over that, and then we don't agree with each other. Man, we're now we're mad at each other. We're not talking to each other over this thing that didn't really matter. I mean, whether it is or is it not, is my point. Maybe I'm not making myself real clear. Whether it is or is it not, does it really make a whole lot of difference? Well, it could. I mean, we need to protect one another. And, and I'm convinced, certainly, there is a, it is a virus, and it's bad, and it's worse than the flu, and it's clearly killed a lot of people. Uh, our reaction, was it an overreaction? Was it an underreaction? Well, I don't know. We have our opinions but, but I like what Paul said. Don't be wise in your own opinion. He didn't say you couldn't have one. Have it. And if you're passionate about it, be, ha be passionate about it. But also, we can be humble enough to say, you know, I might be wrong. I have been a few times in my life. Haven't you? 
a few times. <clears throat> so we don't need to allow that type of thing to divide us. He said, live peaceably with each other. And you know, going back to Ephesians, in the beginning of the, the, that chapter, he tells us how. He said, he said, walk with lowliness, with humility of mind. In other words, just respecting other people and realizing, God, you know, I think this or I think that. But, Lord, you know. You know, I, we don't know everything. We don't have to know everything. We don't know everything. And we're never going to know everything. And on some things we're going to be right and we get to heaven. Some things we're going to be wrong. And for most of them, the Lord will say, you know, it really wasn't that important. What is most important? God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He tells us what's most important. Well, he says it right here too. He says, bearing one another in love. Isn't that it? But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 10. Paul said, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Speak the same thing. What are you, what, what are you talking about, Paul? When he goes on to say, he says, because I've heard from Chloe's house that there's some divisions, contentions among you. Now, this, I, I say this, that each of you says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? And he goes on down to the, at the end of the chapter. He says, verse 30, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it's written, he who boasts or glories, let him glory or boast in the Lord. So what are we supposed to be saying? Some had started dividing. I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. I am of Cephas or Peter. And then some would say, no, I'm of Christ. And then Paul says, Christ is not divided. He says, of him in Christ, Christ is our wisdom. He's our righteousness. He's our redemption. He's our sanctification. He's everything. So what are we supposed to be saying? What's most important is not necessarily our opinion about a virus or a, or a ton of other things. Our focus, Hebrews chapter 12 says this, keep your gaze, your focus on Jesus. That's our focus and walking in the love of God. You know, uh, I was in a, a meeting uh, with the organization I'm ordained with and I'm on a board and a few months ago and we were talking about a particular issue. And someone whom I love and respect shared, she said, he said, I, I believe, and he, he shared uh, that we need to make a change. And the change would have made a significant change in the organization. Well, I think everybody else sat there like me. I thought, well, I respect this man. I love him. He's been a blessing to me. And I know he hears from God. And he said, the Holy Spirit told me that we need to make this change. I thought, wow. I said, I don't sense that. And that's, that's what I said. I said, brother, I appreciate you and I respect you, but I just, I haven't heard that myself. So everybody else pretty much said, yeah, we don't really think that's what we ought to do. And like I said, it was a significant, would have been a significant change in the organization. 
So we had a little discussion, and then it was dropped. And you know, you, 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 we we do it like a board, and somebody was waiting on a some kind of a, a motion. No motion was made, and it was dropped. The brother who brought it up said, "Okay, that's fine," and that was it. I thought. I was ready for there to be a lot of some, some fighting or some kind of contention, something else. But he didn't. He just said, all right. I mean, he's saying, I want you to think about it. He said, I believe God told me that we need to make this change. And it would benefit our organization. The other men, including myself, said, we don't sense that ourselves. And he said, all right. That's good. That's good. Now, think about it. Here's why, because most, sometimes those little issues like that, this happens in families too. Some little issue or disagreement comes up, and then it's, I mean, it's either my way or the highway. And, and, and we have our opinions, we have our views, and that's where the, the, the you know, the volcano erupts because somebody doesn't do something I don't want to, I want to do. You know, they don't, we, we disagree. I thought, I'm amazed. I thought, wow, he didn't like, so... I thought, well, it makes sense because what could he do about it anyway? Could he, he could have cried about it, I guess. He could have, he could have got, walked up and you know, run out of the room. I can't believe y'all disrespect me like that. He could have picked something up and started hitting us, I guess. I but no, he just said, so, you know, God, it's in your hands. And I thought, you know, like Paul said, don't be wise in your own opinion. Sometimes we feel like our opinion has to be, we, we got to do it this way because after all, we know we're right. Right? Well, that's where humility comes in. Just staying humble before God. Lord, you know, this is what I think. You know, I think, think of, again, about so many things that divide churches. You know, most of those issues probably wouldn't have mattered. I mean, I've heard, I haven't seen one, but I've heard, you know, churches dividing over the color of carpet. What in the world difference would that have made anyway? I've seen some churches have some major divisions. And a lot of those were demonically inspired. But, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know, it's just nothing. If we'll keep our focus where it's supposed to be. <clears throat> and Paul said, let's speak the same thing. Now, what was he saying? Was he saying we have to all agree on every doctrinal little issue? Some, some issues we have to. I can't walk with someone who says, uh, you know, Jesus is a great prophet. He's a good man, but I don't believe he's the son of God. I, I can love them and care about them and hang around them. I don't, that's just not what I'm talking about. I just can't agree, okay? We, we can't walk down there. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? But most things, you know, most things are not that big. I, I think about Paul and, and Barnabas. They were called, they were separated. In Acts chapter 13, they were called to, to go. In fact, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to do. So they went on their first mission, missionary journey, and man, God used them, and they did awesome things. You know, God used them in a tremendous way. But Mark started to go with them, in the, or he went with them. But uh, about the first little conflict, he went back home. He went back to Jerusalem. And Mark was Barnabas' nephew. So they complete that mission. They go back to Jerusalem, and they discuss and share what's been going on, how God's used them. And then Barnabas, or, or Paul says, let's go back to the churches that we've started. And, and see how they're doing. Barnabas said, that's great. I said, but let's go ahead and take Mark again. Paul said, no, no, he, he, 
he chickened out the first time. We ain't taking him the second time. Barnabas said, yeah, yeah, we need to talk. I just really feel, you know, I, I don't know exactly what they said, but I can imagine. I imagine he said, yeah, I think, no, I think we do. Now, let's give him another chance. Paul said, no, no, no way. Paul was pretty tough, wasn't he? <laughs> the contention arose was so strong against them that they said, well, Paul said, I'll take Silas. I'll go my way. Barnabas, you can take Mark and you go your way. Later, Paul said, well, it's actually in 2 Timothy chapter, the last chapter, 4. And uh, Paul, Paul says, I'm, I'm getting ready to depart from this life. In other words, I'm, I'm going to die. And he said, he, he tells Timothy, he said, now bring, bring Mark with you because he's useful to me for ministry. So did Mark change? Did, did Paul's attitude change? I don't know. But think about it. Some say, well, then maybe this was the will of God, that they separate. And there's a time to separate. You know, they, you know I don't want to lose anybody in church, but so sometimes people need to leave this church and go to another one. You know, sometimes that's the case. But I think, what if they would have taken Mark? The worst thing that could have happened, and he's left again. Right? What, what if they didn't take him? What if, what if uh, Barnabas said, all right, let's not take him. Let's just keep on going. And, you know, we'll, we'll check him out later. Well, let him grow up a little bit, then can join him again. Probably either way, it wouldn't have been that major of a difference. Now, they split up and they went two different directions, and I'm sure they did a lot of good for the kingdom of God. But uh, it's interesting that that little division there was so strong because they both felt so strong about it. I just wonder, you know, when I read that, I wonder, did they ever pray about it? It doesn't say they did. It just says they... Paul said no. Barnabas said yes. Paul said no. And the contention was so strong that they split up. I just wonder if they just stopped and said, let's just take this to God and see what God says. Because Paul in Ephesians 4, he said, endeavor to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit. What was the Holy Spirit saying? Well, we don't know. But the fact is, you know, God calls us to say the same thing. What are we supposed to be saying? We're supposed to be saying it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. You know, we're here not to, not to just to, to, to get our way or, or not just to promote ourselves, or not just to, to preach our opinions. We're here to exalt the Lord. It's all about Christ. We're, we're, we're here to lift him up. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. We'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 12. Apostle Paul said this. <clears throat> or whoever wrote Hebrews, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word looking unto means to view with undivided attention by looking away from every other object. Let me read that again. To view with undivided attention by looking away from every other object. There's a lot of things we need to look away from for the purpose of, of walking together. I am not against denominations. I'm not. Because I know how they started. You know, they started usually because a man of God received a revelation like Martin Luther uh, John Calvin started the Presbyterian Church. Uh, John Wesley Methodist. None of them set out to start a church. 
But God gave him a revelation. And you know, praise God for that. Remember the, during the Reformation and so on. However, I guess it's just our human tendency. You can take two believers. Let's say two people just meet. They find out each other's Christian and they start talking. And, and man, they just love Jesus and they're having a good time of fellowship. And then here comes the question. Well, what church do you go to? And one of them says, well, I'm Baptist. How about you? Well, I'm Pentecostal. So the Baptists think, oh, one of them tongue talkers. talkers. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And the other one says, oh, those are the f- folks that, yeah, those Baptists. Yeah, that's once saved, always saved. That, they just get saved, and then they go out and do whatever they want to do. I said, you know, it, it's just, you know, I'm not against denominations. But the moment we say, I am of this, I, I, I'm, well, I am whatever. Even I'm non-denominational. Now, that doesn't have to divide us, but a lot of times it does. Because we, we want to, I guess it's just our insecurity. We want to be, we want to know that we belong to this group that's right. That's why y'all are here, okay? Because you're with a group that's right, right? <laughs> no, the Holy Spirit is bigger than that, isn't he? There's Baptists and Methodists and everybody else that love Jesus just as much as we do. There's maybe some little doctrinal differences. But we don't have to let those things divide us. E- even if you say, hey, I'm, a, you know, modern day, uh, uh, Bill Johnson out in Bethel in California. Man, a man of God, you know. So, well, yeah. tell me about your faith. Well, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of like that Bethel church out in, out in California. Bill Johnson, he's kind of my man. Another person said, well, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, faith people like Kenneth Hagin. He's passed on. But I'm kind of. You know, so we in the charismatic movement can do the same thing because we want to be identified with someone. What did Paul say? He said, let's speak the same thing. What, what was he speaking? Let's talk about Jesus. Praise God for Bill Johnson. Praise God for Kenneth Hagin and all these other men of God and women of God. And, and praise God for the reformers. You know, John Calvin, he was Calvinistic. You know, and I don't really go along too far down the, the road of Calvinism. But hey, he was a man of God. He loved the Lord. You know? He had to preach that great message, sinners in the hands of an angry God. You know, I'm going to work on that and maybe preach that next week. That'd be all right. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, John Wesley, he had an experience with the Lord and, 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 and so on. Uh, you know, it was tough during those times because the church had gotten off so far. Well, here we are. God is working in, in the body of Christ. I don't mean just in the non-denominational, the charismatic or Pentecostal or Baptist. He's working in the body. He's working in people. And, and he's, he's saying, you guys get united. Get united to keep your focus where it is. Looking away. We need to look away from some of those things that, di- that divide us. Denominations and so on. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And pray and seek the Lord and let's unite in heart. And even though we may disagree with some things, uh, that's all right. We can agree that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we can agree that the Holy Spirit is working. Some may say, well, I don't know about that two-stage uh, two experience getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit is a separate experience. And, well, can we all agree that the Holy Spirit is, is God's Spirit and, and we need to be filled up with Him? Surely we can agree with that. You know, and that we're to follow him as many as are led by the spirit of God or the sons of God. I would think we should sure we can agree on that. So we can agree on some things. 
Let's keep our eyes on him. And let's stay united. If you, despite what you think about the virus or racial issues, talking to someone, they, you know, some people believe America is a, just a racist nation as a whole. And I kind of argue with that. And I said, well, I know there's some racism and, and uh, uh, you know, I know there's some problems. I realize that and, and it shouldn't be. But also, again, I know the answer. What about the virus? Well, it's out there. Is it, you know, did we overreact? I don't know. We can know this. Jesus is our healer, isn't he? He's our protector. We need to trust him, whether we wear a mask or not or whatever. We're still supposed to trust the Lord. We need to do what we can, and we are doing it. So these little things don't have to divide us. So let's not let them. You know, we have the chairs moved. And uh, we found, looks like everybody found a chair. We've got a pretty good crowd this morning. I should bring my own. Uh, yep, Justin brings his own, yeah. Maybe that's what we ought to do next time. <laughs> Just bring lawn chairs or something. But you know, I, I, I was talking to one of the folks at the minister's meeting last night and said, I told the Lord I am not wearing a mask. Or maybe she said, God told me, don't wear a mask. And, I've talked to another guy who's a Christian American. He said, I'm not going into any business. If they require me to wear a mask, I ain't going in there. Well, you know, is it really, is it, is this really that awful of a terrible thing? No, can you, is it really going to really, oh, y'all can't, okay, it's messing me up. Is, is it really, is it really that awful? I mean, come on. If, if it, yeah, it is with the, with the microphone. You know, if it helps somebody else, or if it helps me, if it helps somebody else feel a little more safe, really, what difference does it make? And I'll believe, be honest. I'll be honest. I hate to confess my sins. I know I do that occasionally, but it's good. <laughs> In the beginning, I, I just thought, nah, this is a just way overreaction to require these. Is this not a dumb thing and so on? But you know, my, I've had to change my, my thinking on that. And, 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 and because I want to be right, don't you? I want to be right about this thing. We all want to be right. Praise God. But is this really the thing that we need to get all upset about, whether we're right about this or not? I don't think so. I think it's more this. And the Lord Jesus, <laughs> he's our redeemer. He's our savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, it's been kind of a dual focus. I, I feel like we're, we're pretty united anyway. But, but I know these type of things have the potential to separate us. And there, pro- there may be some people who don't want to come to church because... They don't want to wear a mask. Well, okay, I respect that. Um, uh, but I, I would say, is, is that not wearing one more important than coming and fellowshipping with the people? I, I don't know. I don't think so. But everybody's got to do what they, they've got to do. <laughs> and, uh, but also, my, my, larger, my larger goal about this is, is just to get us thinking as a united body, not just us, but uh, other churches in our community. And I was talking to one of the brothers last night, and uh, he, said, we're, we're gonna, he said, we need to get together in other churches and pray together. I said, that's right. We, we did. We had one church in our all-night prayer meeting, and they joined us, but we're going to do that more. Church needs to pray. And even though they may not all, we can't all come together in one place, that's not the issue. But the issue is let's seek Jesus and let's pray and let's take our authority over this divisiveness, spiritual divisiveness, demons. I, I read it. You know, I said it close. I'm going to close again. Is that all right? 
Just like Paul. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. The word confusion means instability, even an unsettled state, commotion, disorder, instability, an unsettled state. That's our nation is in an unsettled state right now. There's instability, you know, disorder. Well, God's not the order, author of that. So there's certainly going to be in a nation, there's going to be disorder. There's going to be confusion. There's going to be commotion and all that like there is here. And I'm sure there was in Corinth. But he said in the church, see, he says, God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, God wanted them to be united. And they had some little issues over the gifts of the spirit that was causing them to kind of be disunited. So... Let's guard that, you know, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, walking in love. That's it. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Father, we want to come to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I know there's others watching from other churches. Uh, God, we are we are one. You made us one in heaven. There's not going to be different denominations. And, and a lot of these things that have divided us down here, they're not going to be there. They don't need to be. So, <clears throat> Father, we just seek you, Lord. We just want to do our part to keep the unity of the Spirit. We want to do our part, Father, to, to not be wise in our own opinions. And Lord, you know we've all got them. And we want to be right. We want to think right. We want to... Th- Believe the truth, but sometimes God, we get we get uh, we get into pride and all that. I've done it myself, and because we want to we want to we just want to think right on the, some of these issues that are frightening us and dividing us. So help us, God, help us just to set aside that and to to, to bear with each other in our shortcomings because we've all got them. To bear with one another in love. I just want to read that Colossians one more time. I don't know if I read it to you or not. I did. I think I did. Actually, I don't think I did read this one, but. As the elect, this is Colossians 3, verse 12 and 13. As the elect of God, holy and beloved. And prayer teams, y'all can come, go ahead and come on up if you'd like. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility. Meekness, long-suffering. Well, you know this. This will work in a. This will work in, in in a family. Bearing with one another in love, <clears throat> and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I tell you, folks, I I want unity in my family. I want unity in the church. Uh, Wherever I go, I want there to be unity. If we would do verses 12, 13, 14, we'd have it. You just can't hardly. It doesn't mean 
I'll shut up, I promise, in a minute. But it doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything, that we're going to have the same opinion. It doesn't. But if we're walking in, if I have a complaint against somebody, it says, just forgive them as Christ forgave you. How could I harbor something against someone else? Knowing my home should have been hell, like all of us. But God in His love forgave us. Why? Because He just loved us. Above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. It brings everything together in a perfect unity. Wow.